0: All right, we are back. Happy Tuesday, everybody! And uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I haven't talked to my friend, retired Milwaukee County Judge Mary Kuhnmensch in a while, and she joins us in studio. Let's make sure you're mic. There you go.
1: Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Long time no see, buddy. <laughs> it's been a it's been a couple years at least, right? Yeah. Well, you know, retirement has not been retirement actually for me. No, I've You've been keeping uh, busy. I've spent about six and a half months. On the uh, on the as a reserve judge on the Milwaukee County bench, it's almost like you know riding a bike. You don't forget it. What's the
0: difference between I know what the technical difference is, but as someone who's served as a judge and now serving as a as a you know,
1: it's a reserve role. You are asked by the chief judge and the Supreme Court to come in to whatever county needs uh, sort of the reserves to come in and cover a judge's calendar that may be out on medical or sick leave or. Or family leave, and uh, in the case of Milwaukee County, something that you may have anticipated, but uh, it's we're, we're sort of in the throes of it. Is a huge transition from when I was on the bench and retired in January of 2019. 31 of the of the 47 judges in Milwaukee County are new, with less than five uh, years of experience. So it's uh, the transition has been pretty significant, and so they'll have judges like myself and. Other experienced reserve judges come back in and mentor, teach the new judges uh, the ropes and how to run a calendar and how to run a, a courtroom.
0: Is it a natural aging out, or why is so why are so many justices new?
1: I, you know, that's a good question, Steve. And I think it's a combination of things. When I came on, there was more of a back in the uh, late nineties, there was a, a sort of a steady departure, but but in smaller, you know, maybe one or two judges every two years. This was 31 of 47 judges since uh, the pandemic. I think judges that were close to retiring uh, decided that that was going to be it because they knew that things were going to be very different in how we administered our courtrooms and so forth, using technology and things that they just simply weren't prepared to deal with. And so I think there's that. And I think a lot of them have gone on to do other things like teach. uh, Mary Trejano, for instance, our former chief judge, went on to run a restorative justice program at Marquette Law School. I've gone on to teach at at, uh, Mount Mary and others have gone into mediation and so forth. So I think it's a combination. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. You just don't like to see it in such a compressed period of time because the learning curve uh, is significant when you're on the bench, which is why I'm so glad that they've asked a bunch of us to come back and, and to um, uh, use our experience to, to train and to teach uh, new judges the ropes. So one of the reasons I wanted to have retired, sort of, <laughs> Uh, Milwaukee
0: County Judge uh, Mary Kuhnman join us is next year is going to be a busy year for the legal system, right? The court system. We are going to see Wisconsin Supreme Court handle some big cases and certainly at the federal level, the Trump trials. And I wanted to pull together a panel of guests and you're part of that where we at least once a week look at these cases, look at the bigger issues, look at the legal questions from the position of attorneys, uh, leaders of uh, organizations that spend a lot of time in courts pursuing claims and cases, and judges as well. And I think your experience and your value to that hour of local programming is that you have that experience and you can break down some of these issues.
1: And you also have a political sense to you as well. You know, when you called me and we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, Steve, one of the reasons I said yes was because of the approach that you wanted to take which is more consistent with my view of the of, of the of the role of the courts and the law in our society and what I have seen uh, in a troubling way too often whether you are a fan of MSNBC or you're a fan of uh, Fox you are getting your view of the law uh, and and history in these cases involving our uh, our former president Donald Trump or any other significant figure, you're getting them through the lens of a political lens. And I think that is a huge disservice, quite honestly, to the rule of law. And it is uh, uh, my way of trying to separate that, is we ask jurors every day in this country, whether you're in the federal court system or the state court system, to put aside all of their personal uh, beliefs, their political beliefs. It's obvious that uh, a jury comes in with... You know all the different life experiences that individuals in a community uh, that a pool, a jury pool is picked from, uh, with specific ideas. But uh, we ask them to sit and to listen only to the facts as they hear them come in through the evidence presented during the, the the courtroom, or as I like to say, the four walls of this of this room, and not to be influenced by any political favor or disfavor that that has no role in your your role as a a juror. And uh, I'd like to have an opportunity to bring that to our analysis. And you gave, I think, us an opportunity to do that with some of the other really smart people who come from different sides of the political aisle. But um, when it comes to being a prosecutor or a defense attorney or a judge, in my case, uh, we'd like to think that we are... Uh, we are able to put aside all of those kinds of things and dispense justice, as our oath says, without respect to persons.
0: Retired judge from Milwaukee County, Mary kuhn joined me in studio after the break, the politics of some of those decisions, and the future next year when you talk some about some of the big cases in Wisconsin, or the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and certainly can't ignore the Trump trials. As I said, that'll be part of a, of a new 9 o'clock hour next year on WTMJ. Quick break here, more with
1: Justice can I call you justice? You, well, you just gave me I a promotion. Did, I'll I take did, it, yeah. but uh, it wouldn't be true. It's judge. <laughs> I'm happy with being a trial court judge. There you go.
0: Mary Kuhnmensch after this. <laughs> Joining us in right. studio, and she will throughout the course of next year as we're leading through all the uh, the legal implications, the the court systems in this country as they deal with the Trump trials and big Wisconsin Supreme Court decisions, retired Milwaukee County Judge Mary Kuhnmensch joins us. And... Let's talk about the politics. Brad Schimmel, who is running for position in 2025 on the, on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, said this is not nonpartisan anymore. It's partisan. And that, is that the, the reality we all have to face now?
1: I think so, and, and much to my dismay. Um, when I was the president of the 250-member uh, Trial Judge Association across the state, where we worked hand-in-hand with the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court, including the Chief Justice, both uh, Justice uh, the late Justice Shirley Abramson, and uh, now the Justice, uh, uh, Ned Ziegler, who I respect both of them immensely. And they come from different parts of the mm-hmm. political aisle. But they were able to, in my mind, while some other people didn't agree, I believe that they were as steady at running that ship with allowing all different points of view on. It has become uh, far and away much more partisan. To my dismay and to my disappointment, I don't know that we can ever get it back. But what I do, at, what I am hopeful for is that uh, until proven otherwise, even with the partisanship, I'm hopeful that uh, justices, as they grow into that the wisdom of that position, the highest court in our state or in our land, uh, for that matter, that they uh, get more uh, comfortable in their role as being a judge and not an advocate.
0: You know, I've used this term before. Sometimes judges surprise you, and I will have to go no farther than Justice Hagedorn. He's irritated liberals and he's irritated conservatives with some of his decisions. So sometimes, whatever the nonpartisan slash partisan reality is on the court, sometimes justices
1: will surprise you. Absolutely, and that's a very good example. I butted heads with Brian Hagedorn when he was chief counsel to uh, Governor Walker and uh, felt that he was overstepping, uh, in many instances, his role in the judicial selection process, looking for people with a per- point of view. To my surprise and happiness and gratitude, I think Brian, who is always incredibly bright, incredibly bright, and uh, he has grown almost instantaneously, in my mind, being one of the top two justices on our court, along with Ann Walsh Bradley. Is
0: it far-fetched to think there could be newer examples of that? We, ha- we have a new justice, obviously, Janet Prosiewicz, who just-, just joined the court.
1: Janet is is a a, full disclosure good friend of mine and very happy that she's where she uh, has wanted to be and I have high hopes for her and in fact I think she could in fact uh, turn a lot of heads uh, and may align with Brian Hagedorn more than she does with even the liberal uh, sector of the bench that some people are expecting her to be. I don't know that that knowing Janet the way I know her and the criticism that has come her way I think it's unfounded. Janet's also very bright. Uh, Janet's a very social person, knows people from across uh, the diversity of her friendships and uh, relationships with different people across from different areas of the state is amazing to me. I think uh, people are going to be surprised, but it wouldn't surprise me if she aligns herself more with Brian Justice, Brian Hagedorn. As we look at
0: some of the cases the Wisconsin Supreme Court will take up, redistricting is one of them, obviously abortion decisions, other ones that have serious consideration about what we're doing in the state of Wisconsin. Is, do you have a sense of what might be tackled first? Do they, do they have a timeline, or is that just something that the, the justice decide on their own?
1: No, they, they certainly have a timeline in, in, the, in the sense, Steve, of uh, when uh, their session begins and when their session ends. And it really becomes a question of what are the uh, cases that they think uh, absolutely must be heard to give some... Uh, some, uh, uh, I would say, stability uh, to the rule of law. And chief among those, my guess would be, is the uh, abortion case. And even beyond the uh, the, the uh, redistricting issues. And the reason I say that is because right now we don't have any real direction, even as lower courts, uh, on what would be and wouldn't be permissible with respect to uh, uh, a woman's uh, right to choose and, uh, are we talking about well, the definition uh, a, of an abortion? A right? definition of an abortion, whether anyone's allowed to have it, under what circumstances, uh, the role of doctors and and, and privacy—none of that is settled at all in the state of Wisconsin. And um, I would believe that, given the makeup of this court, that they're going to uh, tackle that issue first. We'll take a
0: break here. We're joined by retired Milwaukee County Judge Mary Koonman. After the break, let's go to the national level, right? U.S. Supreme Court and the Trump trials in multiple jurisdictions some of the elements of those cases multiple indictments multiple jurisdictions more after this on WTMJ now (laughs) happy holidays everybody we are in studio with my friend retired Monkey County Judge Mary Kuhnmetsch talking about uh, some of the things we're gonna do next year on this program as I said uh, on a couple earlier editions of the of this show um, we're gonna have a lot of theme programs next year a lot of it leading up to the election and one of the biggest stories uh, that I'm going to ask Mary about here in a second is the Trump trials. Multiple cases across this country, multiple jurisdictions, Department of Justice investigations, uh, Washington, New York, Fulton County, Georgia. As an observer and as somebody who works in this system, what I'm going to ask you a couple general questions, we'll, and we can get to specifics if we want to. What do these cases say to you about our legal system, our court system, politics? You can take it anywhere you want.
1: Well, you know, I'm not as negative about that because I think so far uh, the, uh, the 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 cases that have been brought seem to be well reasoned and, and consistent with the types of cases that are prosecuted uh, by uh, the Federal Justice Department. And I know we've talked about having some former U.S. attorneys in yep. uh, to have a discussion on this, some who were appointed by Republican presidents, so they can give a perspective. Uh, at that level, at the federal level, as to how cases evolve, the, the, the work that goes into preparing a case, and then making charging decisions. What has gotten the most scrutiny is uh, the Justice Department and the, politiciza- the politicization of it. And um, I uh, don't think it's as political as uh, as many of my colleagues do. I think that they still seem to be on the right path, charging uh, both, uh, believe me, they've tra- they've charged uh, or they haven't charged, but they're investigating the open records uh, and the secret weapon or secret records and uh, and uh, documents intelligence case. documents yep. from a Biden's mishandling of them when he was a vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't come to any conclusion or any decision on that. But whereas whereas they have with regard to the investigation that led up to the charging of uh, President Trump, uh, former President Trump, and and now down in Florida in the Southern District of Florida, where that case is going to play out, probably uh, at some point in the late fall, is my guess.
0: Can justices, can they ignore the politics of it? Because uh, there's always been this sort of unwritten rule that you can't let these cases or these decisions impact a election. Well, I don't know how you avoid that in 2024.
1: Uh, it's going to be very difficult. But I, I think they're doing a pretty good job. I'm very um, mindful of particularly of the one that's supposed to go first. That seems to be the Justice Department's uh, plan. It seems to be the most well-prepared case by Jack Smith, uh, and that is the January 6th uh, insurrection, riot, whatever you want to call election, it, yeah, case. election interference, the election interference case. And there obviously the politics surrounding that are, you know, are unavoidable. But in terms of scheduling it, uh, the judge that has that case right now is being almost in my mind at times, almost too deferential to the person that she has before them. I can tell you as a state court judge that if a defendant acted uh, and said some of the things that uh, both about the prosecutors, witnesses, and the judge that uh, the president, the former president has said, uh, they would be in front of me in a contempt hearing pretty quick. I asked uh, this
0: question not knowing the answer. Should presidents be treated differently?
1: No, absolutely not. If our rule of law where we dispense it. That's part of my oath, Steve. I told you earlier that the oath says, and it's the most basic key line of our oath of office for judges, do you swear that you will uphold uh, the the, the Constitution, but also will dispense justice without respect to persons? That means simply in plain English that it doesn't matter if you're a prince or a pauper, you are to be treated the same. And if we start deviating that uh, now because of the, the cynicism Uh, of our politics and we let that seep into our justice system I think that's a huge mistake and it will undermine not only our justice system but also our democracy
0: beyond these individual cases the US Supreme Court is looking at issues of presidential immunity and obstruction of justice related to Donald Trump's conduct if you have a thought about what they might say these justices a conservative leaning court certainly where they might go with those questions
1: I think interestingly enough um, uh My belief, given the, the the track history, and it's a short track history for some of the newer justices, but even Amy Coney Barrett uh, and uh, Justice Kavanaugh have uh, given some signals as to their approach to these cases. Uh, if you've if you're familiar with the Brethren, which was one of uh, Bob Woodard's uh, great books from the from the many 1980s, great books, yes. and uh, now we have an equal uh, leak. Uh, of interesting tidbits about how some of these major decisions have come out uh, and they're trying to decide who's leaked it. More often than not, it's, it is intentional and it is by law clerks. They're gossipy. Are, uh, are, uh, is, are there tidbits that come out that are true? Sure. Uh, should it come out? No. Is it harmful? Some of the stuff is. Some of it isn't. Some of it makes judges and justices look human. The kinds of things that we would talk about with my staff that we keep private after a particularly horrific case, and we go in the back and we decompress, and you do share things that you otherwise wouldn't share with the public. Should that stuff uh, be leaked and released uh, and, and turned or spinned a certain way? No, I think at the at the point where we're at, uh, every slice of, of gossip seems to be, you know, no matter if it's about, uh, you know, what their pr- choices were for breakfast in the morning or how they approach a case seem to be on equal measure. And that's that's disappointing to me.
0: Last thing, we only got about a minute left before I have to go to, to the news. Um, Fifty years from now, those citizens, I'm probably not going to be here, but my grandkids will. <laughs> yep. How do you think from a judicial perspective they'll look back on this time in our country?
1: I think if I have a criticism of um, where we are at in history, and maybe it's my pie in the sky, absolute Love of country. um, I think we are at a crossroads. I think we have its generational and I think it's uh, philosophical. I think we've got a large segment of this country, particularly young people that are uh, uh, way too progressive, are socialistic in their views. And we've got uh, a segment of our country that's perfectly happy with uh, authoritarianism. And I didn't want to grow up in either one of those places. I wanted to grow up in a democracy called the United States of America, and I want that for my grandchildren as well.
0: I love that. We'll have more of that next year. Retired Milwaukee County Judge Mary Kuhnman, always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll continue the conversation in 2024.
1: Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone out there and to my family. Love you.
0: All right. Well said.